Welcome to the Faisal Show. <laughs> this is the second part of a huge conversation that we're getting into today. I'll tell you more about it in a second. This is, of course, the Fizzle Show, podcast by and for a community of bootstrapped, gritty, gutsy folks working to earn a living doing matterful, independent work. Uh, here's an intro from Fizzler Darlene. Uh, if we were vegetables, Caleb would be a carrot. Long, lean, understated, and often take it for advantage. But cleans up real nice for fancy dinners and goes great with bourbon sauce. <laughs> Corbett would be a shy-out squash. Shay-out squash. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Worldly, adapts well to go with any dish, and has a strong Mexican connection. <laughs> Chase, that's me, would be, well, a bean. He's a bit magical and musical and makes you think about poop a lot. <laughs> Barrett would be a potato. Comes in a baby face style and just fits in with any dish. <laughs> I love that one, darling. Thank you. You're killing it with these. Um, so this is part two in a big conversation we started in the last episode. If you haven't listened to the last episode, go and do it now because it sets everything up for this one. That's fizzleshow.co slash 73. To get to the last episode. Uh, here's what happened. I called the guys and I said I want them to put together the top 10 pieces of advice for bloggers. We all started out as bloggers. We have a ton of experience and have been fortunate enough to have handfuls of, of significant success in blogging. So in this show and in the previous one, we discuss every single one of, of each of our tips. That's 40 tips in all. There's overlap, there's arguments, stories told, and even a few inside jokes. I really hope you like it. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 74. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Let's get into it. Man, finally, finally recording an episode with a cocktail. It's been a while for me. Um, uh, like probably like six episodes, eight? Like since I was there in person last? Yeah, because when you were here in person, we were even recording during the day. Uh, except for maybe one of those. Couple exciting and a couple exciting things going on. So since we last talk, I I I got an Amazon package. Got some good things in the mail. Let's see what we got. Let's go through them. Uh, Is this uh, like I an have, audio unboxing? Yeah, I have a really uh, <laughs> a, a mechanical pencil. Everybody uh, knows audio unboxings are the best. Yeah, especially yeah, so, of random stuff that yeah, you ordered on Amazon. Like, so here I have a. Uh, a pencil? A so mechanical a pencil? Bar? <laughs> um, these are the fruit gushers, so I want to see what they're like. Um, yeah, definitely has a pocket of flavor in the middle. Um, <laughs> do you remember? Do you know the... Fruit gushers, the, yeah. <laughs> the food guy. He does reviews of the good food. Whoever found such a cool dude? <laughs> no, I'm I, re- I don't I'm a review that. food. Do you do, right? I do not. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, God. Well, this is going into the next, into the show notes, is uh, Food Review Kid G- Gushers. Uh, it's going to be awesome. You're going you're gonna to have a blast. Everybody's going to be really, really, really excited. Um, no, let's go through. Okay, I got a three millimeter pencil. Okay, you know, everybody's writing with five millimeters these days. I thought I'd change it up. Go a little. No, I'm doing more of the like line drawing stuff. So I'm trying a three millimeter pencil. Got some three millimeter pencil uh, lead. Got a book called The Human Zoo by Desmond Morris, recommended to me by my friend uh, Tom Gerhardt. Uh, Ger- he said it said it'd, uh, it'd be really good. Uh, I also got a book that you probably guys know about called Traction, a startup guide to getting customers, written by Gabriel Weinberg and Justin Marez. 
Uh, and it seems like everybody was talking about it, so I was like, well, I'll get it. Traction, yeah, I got that one too. Was it but free? I think it might have been free to borrow on Amazon. Uh, I don't, I'm not borrowing it. You guys. So I don't like to borrow. Yeah. Oh, you got it in person, the physical book. No, I, I just, yeah, it just came in the mail. I just ordered it. Oh, is that how you get books still? Yeah, mostly, uh, yeah, mostly books coming by mail these days for me. What about you? They're kind of heavy. They are heavy. I don't know. Like, I, even if I get a book on a Kindle, like, I, I'll buy a physical copy of it. Yeah, I like it on the, a, I, a if it's good, if it's good. Yeah, I, I, I like the artifact. Uh, what were you going to say, though? I'm reading more again, you guys. Oh, wow. Mm, that yeah. is big news. I know. But no fiction. I, no fiction. No, I mean, I might throw one in there. I got, I got a cue. You of, threw a fiction in there? No, I might. I don't oh, believe might, I have yeah. one currently. My list is getting kind of long. Um, I buy books before I'm ready to read them, so I have like six in my queue. Oh, yeah. No, and th- for the first time in my life, can we talk about this for a second? Because yeah. for, for the first time in my life, I am in like 25 books. I have 25 books like like where I'm like, you know, anywhere from 20 to to 150 pages in. That's like, I've too never, many. I've I'm never not a book done expert, that. a rating expert, but I feel like that might be too much context <laughs> like, for change. You might be shooting yourself in the foot with that, but here's the thing. They're all nonfiction. Like, I have one fiction book. Like, I'm, almost, I'm in the middle of the very last book of the Stephen King Dark Tower series, which is amazing. Uh, but that's what I read before bed because I, I can't read nonfiction before bed. It spins up my brain. Same. I can't sleep the whole nine yards. Um, but uh, but throughout the day, like, well, I'll bring a book to the. I'll just grab a book, whichever one feels right. Like, so some of them are on screenwriting. My favorite right now is on the history of advertising called Mirror Makers, which is real painful to get through. But man, I love le- learning this stuff. You guys are having the same exact debates about head writing, uh, headline writing in the eight in the late eighteen hundreds. As you, you will literally find a blog post tomorrow. Literally? Published, published about the same damn conversation. Literally. 200 something years. Is that 200 years? 190 years. How much? I don't know. I'm not good at math. But, um, but yeah, and, and I kind of like it. I like being in, cause then I get like, I get to just pick up one over here and one over there, depending on how I feel that day. It's cool. Yeah. I feel like two at once is, is the most I could possibly do. Yeah. I guess with nonfiction, it's easy because, uh, you're not. You don't have to remember the characters' names or or any of this other stuff. You know, it's pretty simple to do. I've been reading a blog called Farnham Street. You guys familiar? No. What is that? No. It's good. It's um. The idea is he spends a lot of time talking about books, sort of like brain pickings. I read that one as well, and they spend a lot of time talking about different books that they're reading. Yeah. yeah. And just trying to pull out different mental models based on what they're learning. Oh, and so many um, models. He talks about the just in general about the importance of reading. In terms of uh, you know being an intellectual and being well informed and um, you know figuring out what you want to do with your life based on what you learn from other people, and um, it just got me to thinking like I need to read more. You know, I I've honestly I let like a year go by where I think I may have read like two books, and two I don't know books. how that happened. Two. What, Caleb just took a picture. He did. What did you take a picture of, Caleb? No, I heard that too. That wasn't me though. What the? What the? It may have been me. <laughs> what did you take a picture He's screenshotting of? Something I just screenshotted something while I was talking. That was weird. That was totally I didn't even I wasn't even thinking that I was doing that. <laughs> You're just like I'm like I'm like jibber jabbering about reading a book and I'm taking a picture, a screenshot of uh a note I just got from some I don't know, concert uh whatever promoters bands in town and it's a photo of the upcoming Pearl Jam show and the photo <laughs> The photo of, the photo of Pearl going. Jam is straight out of 1993. It's awesome. 
He's all Andy, my, my friend Andy, oh he calls Seattle Ur Town. Yeah. Ur Town. Because all the singers are all like yeah. <laughs> so good. Okay. Uh so anyways, that's my Amazon package. Uh, Caleb, what did what did you you purchase anything recently? Reading anything? What do you got going on? Uh the last thing that I got was a suitcase for camera gear. Mm. Flying like a pelican case? Camera gear. No, it's like a full on roller suitcase that fits in the overhead bin of airplanes, but it's got all the padding for lenses and stuff like that. Mm. Nice. Good yeah. work. Wow. That's impressive. Exciting. Is yeah. this one of those yeah. episodes where we forgot that we were recording? Oh my goodness. So, hello to the listeners. Um, gosh, and I can't say it again. I should say it to the listeners. I really hope uh, any of these voices aren't offensive. offensive. If I, they are, send them to um, hey guys, politically correct at fizzle.com. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we're at bat. We're going to pick up where we left off well, without, without the fourth voice, uh, Barrett Brooks, but we're going to try to carry on without him because we all have a bunch of more stuff on our list. So, Caleb, let's continue driving in our big, uh, if you're just tuning in, the previous episode you should absolutely start with. We start going through our each one of us prepared our top 10 tips on blogging. So it's like the American that top all. 40. Yeah, it's like so it's exactly what's happening is there's going to be a 40, 40 things. And we've talked about probably I think the the real a handful of real pillars. And there's actually the iron the, the, like there's there's so many pillars of blogging cuz like a bunch of things on my list are still like I feel very, very much like sort of yeah, that's just basic stuff that you got to have locked in. Um, that I didn't have for a very long time. So uh, if you if you're just joining, I'm not even going to explain it. We're gonna we're gonna keep rolling with this. Go back to the previous episode, episode 73, right? Yeah, is that what that was? Yeah, uh, and fizzleshow.co slash 73 and check it out because it, that's definitely where where to start with this. All right, Caleb, where do you want to go next? Uh, let's start with Corbett this time. Okay. Ooh, I'm excited. Going first. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, my next one is that when you find something that finally resonates with your audience, you know, in the beginning, you're like trying out all this stuff, you're writing, it feels like nobody's listening. Maybe you get some comments, you know, you get a couple of notes from people. But when you find that one thing that really resonates with people, and you'll know when it does, because you'll write something and eventually it'll get 10x the attention that anything else you've ever written has gotten. When you find that thing, you should go deep on it. And you shouldn't be afraid to repeat yourself frequently about that thing. Um, you'll notice this with some really successful blogs um, like Zen Habits with Leo Babauta. You'll find that he repeats similar themes over and over again. You'll find mm. if you read um, Mr. Money Mustache that uh, his whole formula for retiring early is a very simple idea, but he repeats it very regularly because you have new readers coming all the time, and if they just land on your latest post, it could be that your latest post is kind of a dud. So don't be afraid to weave in those themes that made you famous for, you know, or as famous as you are on the internet. Um, and also the, the people that are reading your site on an ongoing basis, a lot of times they need to be reminded or they need to have the thing that um, you're famous for, so to speak, explain to them in a way that they finally understand because it can be that people heard this idea and it wasn't as powerful as a lot of other people thought. So don't be afraid to repeat yourself. And I feel like a lot of bloggers are um, because they're like, well, I wrote that already. It's in my archives. People can go find it. But that's not the way that reading a blog works. Most of the time, people are looking at your most recent post 
Um, and uh, eventually they'll be stumbling on your old stuff via Google, but you don't know if that's necessarily the stuff that is really important. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I actually have never really heard anybody say that before, and it's making me think of all the ways that I try, that I just assume, well, that's already been covered here at the Sparkline, and it's not. No, I mean, it has been, but like that's, it's gone. It is gone if it's not on the front page, basically. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And people are finding things through search all the time, but it's, it, and not only is it good to get them into those bits that you know are great, but also it people just need to be reminded. Like there's a truth that's true, and you, there's some kinds of things that you like you say, and once they get when they once they get through, they never need to be said again. Most of the things that we're blogging about aren't like that. Most of the things that you're probably blogging about aren't like that. You need we need these reminders. We need to stick with this. We need to be, like be reminded why we're doing this work, why we're why we're X, Y, and Z, all this stuff. You know, so that's a really great point, Corbett. Good work. Thank you. Caleb, you go next. You go next. You're so patient and, and calm over there. I want to hear more from you. Okay, I'm going to say get a clean, simple design with a simple logo and don't mess with it for 12 months. Hmm. So if you're on something like Squarespace, that's pretty simple because they all their designs are pretty clean already and they have a logo maker. Um, but if oh, you're on do? something like WordPress... Yeah, they have this great little logo maker that's just super easy. got really mad about when it first came out. But yeah, Really? Is that open to anybody or you have to be a... Yeah, yeah I think you... Well, if you're a Squarespace a member, you get it in all the formats. I think you can get on there and create your own and get like a PNG hmm. for your website. But they like to get like a high res, oh. something for print and stuff logos, like that. Used to be. Logos made simple. slash logo. Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, I'll put a link to that in the in the show notes. Um, just again, another you're you're bang on, Caleb, about like just like hey, because now now tell me why you why you're saying don't mess with it for twelve months? Because I messed with it every month for twelve months for thirty months, <laughs> yeah, and I just spent way too much time on the design and messing with it and trying to figure all that stuff out, and yeah, it was good because I liked that stuff, but if I would have just put that time into actually blogging and growing my list and yeah, providing more value, then I would have been further along. Yeah, there's this real there's this real. Uh, there's this real gremlin that lives in you that that most of us that thinks we're not successful because of our design or because of this that and the other. And to be honest, it's true. But because a great designer gets in and says, "I don't know what you are or what you stand for. I don't know who you are. I don't know who, what you're saying. I don't know what your topic is. I don't know anything." Great designer will help you get to a point of clarity on that. And I've worked with clients before where they weren't ready. They did. They didn't know. They didn't know what was up. So the most important thing is just like you say, just clean, simple. Get out of the way. Try to say like just in the sidebar, just say, "Hey, I'm Bill. I write about X, Y, and Z because I had this, that, and the other happen to me." Read my story here. Subscribe. Enter your email to to uh, to follow along. I, I would really like to make it worth your while. Just just that in the sidebar and your writing, and be done with it. Just be done, and because and, the point is really going to be about the writing. And I get, I have a, a course within Fizzle, big old long course where we actually design nerd nerdfitness.com in the course. Um, the design that's live today, in fact. Uh, but you get a lot of the basics, the basic sort of philosophy of design that gets you basically that gets you in, in, to the same exact point like the point of su- the, how success happens online is not because your site looks better than somebody else's it has to look good enough to be trusty your design trusty. is a piece of your trustworthiness that's so a like design 
Yeah, truthiness. Yeah, yeah, truthiness. I'm feeling the truth at you. Um, so your design needs to feel the, the trustworthiness at me. I'm, well, there's that little. I just got in my way, so I gave it a little flick. Um, God, I love squandering my lunch. That is such a good one to add to the document. Note Do we have self. that document? Yeah, I have a document that I'm, I'm collecting all of the, the uh, like anytime someone writes in and says, this is, this was my favorite inside joke. I make a note of it. And, uh, we're sort of tallying those up, uh, uh, in the document and kind of seeing what people like most and also just kind of like having a place where at least I, who forget everything that comes out of my mouth. Yes. Like right now that, that part, I see it already forgot it. It's a place to remember, remember those moments. Like, is it Djibouti and other things like that? I love that. Is it? Okay, good. So, what were you going to say? Is it Djibouti? <laughs> it was, yeah. I'm just trying to... It, it was. It are Djibouti, always, and everywhere. Um, so, okay, where do you want to go next, Caleb? You go next. I guess it's me. Um, okay, let me put my cocktail down. It's time to work. Uh, the next for me, so for me it was voice, value, uh, and that tension between the two. The third Victory. being being, uh, being vasectomy. Oh. Don't have kids. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, voice, value, topic. Uh, you got to go with something that you know and care about. Preferably something uh, you. I, the way this is, I'm talking to uh, in this one specifically to myself five years ago. Okay, and I'm saying to myself, go with something that you know and you care about. Preferably something that you like sincerely struggled with at some point. Um, I see a lot of bloggers liking a blog. Like, for example, uh, our blog or Pat Flynn's blog or Derek Halpern's blog or uh, Jonathan Fields or any of these guys, right? And guess what? They start up a blog just like that on how to do digital business and how to this, that, and the other, or on how to live the happy, peaceful life or yeah. how to do yoga. And, you know, one, we of immediate- one of mine is don't blog about something before you've done it. Yeah. So, okay. So that, that's, that's a great way of putting it. Because the opposite uh, or a different scenario is like, for instance, um, Jeff Chalmers, a fizzler who's just really good, really good at playing double bass and has been doing it in studios and does it professionally. And he and him making a website to teach people how to do double bass makes a hell of a lot of sense. And, and that also explains some of the success that he's been having with it, right? So... Because he knew a thing, he was able to do it. We also have someone else in Fizzle, I can't remember her name, where she's an expert like in post-traumatic stress symptoms, um, and or disorder, rather, PTSD. And so she blogs on that topic, and she helps people with that. Um, I, lo- I love those situations so much, and yet they are so rare. It seems like I, I forget that those people exist, people who actually know things rather than people who are just like, well, I'd like to do this. So I'm going to start it up a thing that's teaching people how to do this thing I'd like to do. Uh, and and it just it just I have to be honest, like that's exactly who I was, too. I mean, I and the, the, I guess a great example was this wasn't the one I was thinking of, but a great example was with Father Apprentice. I was just right now a brand new dad. And I was like, I'm going to blog about being a dad. Um and, in that, and now this is a, a really interesting situation because this is where I, I do actually get to share my journey as I go. And even though I'm not coming from like years of child research and, and, and child development and psychology and things like this, I can actually say something with, with some degrees of, of, of value because I'm living that story as it's happening. So it's just weird balance because not all of us are PTSD experts and not all of us have been playing bass for 10 years. You know, it's, it's real hard, but uh, that hard work of getting good at something is a part of is a part of being being a blog. And then one more point on that is is like consider 
uh, consider what the lifestyle looks like for doing this. For instance, I, I started a blog called Cigar Apprentice and ended up quitting it because I, my son was just born and I can't smoke cigars every day. You know, I don't have the time to, to do that, let alone, I don't even want to. Like, I, want, I need to have energy. I need to do all this stuff. And so sometimes there's like built-in lifestyle stuff that kind of sucks yep. about a site that could kind of be successful. Uh, and you can, you've got relationships with sponsors and things like that. Even though you've got that bits for success, like it could really suck for that to work. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Totally. Like being a sex tourism expert seems kind of fun. But then eventually. Until, until your fourth tour. Yeah. Until you squander your launch. I tell you what, my fourth tour. I don't know. I can't even. That I can't. No. That's just perfect. Yeah. That's just perfection. Let's just leave. Okay, it there. so that that was mine. Topic. All right, go go with something you know and care about. And this is something we're kind of glossing over because I just I don't like the sound of my own voice when I talk about caring about your thing. But I will I will say that it's important and it will it will carry you through all of those really really difficult screwed up things that all of us have to do to build something man every if once, you don't care about it it sucks every once in a while like stumble on some site or podcast or something where basically the tagline is something about you know pursue your passions and find something you love to do for a living or whatever i don't know basically it's what we like to say a lot but when yeah. it's put out there a lot of times i just cringe it's yeah. it's horrible. It just sounds so empty and meaningless. And I think a lot of times it is, and maybe that's the problem. Yeah, it can it certainly can be. It also can be snake oil sales type stuff in terms of like, hey, let me sell this person with broken dreams, a little more brokenness, but shaped like a porcelain duck or something like that. And now they now they've forgotten about their problems for twenty five minutes. Um and there's also a lot of people who are just sincerely struggling with that and any little bit of uh of of encouragement is like is like water in the desert, mm-hmm. you know. So like there's there's this real balance back and forth, and you have to hold yourself to your own standards, you know. I I will look one way and you'll look another way uh, when this is all panned out, and I think the 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 important thing is like how do you feel with the way you look when you get there? Because I, and yes, I'm also talking about your body because have you noticed that like I think basically everybody hates the way their body looks. Is it? I mean, do you guys hate the way your body looks? Are you like fed up with it? Are you like, this whole thing disgusts me? No. I'm like, no, I'm good. yeah, it is what it is. Man. You don't look in the mirror and just go, huh, eh, could be worse. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I look in the mirror and I go, you piece of shit. <laughs> I guess, I guess I need, I need to, I need to have some of what you guys are smoking. I guess so. I, mean, I think that's, that's, the, that's the secret. Good Lord. Uh, good Lord. All right. So that's mine on topic uh, that I hate my body. What's next? <laughs> I guess Your we should go for another my turn. Yeah. Wait, I feel like we. Oh no, we we did. Oh, God, I'm keeping a list here, and I didn't even. All right, yeah. Uh, let's see. My next one is um, to name names and to link out freely from what you write. This is a great way to. Um, first of all, provide value to your audience. When you're writing about something, it's likely that you're not the be-all, end-all expert on something. And yet a lot of people feel like they have to be perceived that way as the expert. And so they try to just, you know, write words without backing them up with interesting research or other blog posts that other people have written. And I think you're leaving a lot on the table when you do that. So um, name names and link out freely. By naming names, what I mean is to, you know, uh, mention the author the blog name, any important details about who wrote something or where it was written, because most of us 
in this day and age, especially if we're blogging, we have Google Alerts set up and we hear about when other people are writing about us. And it's just a great way to get on someone's radar and potentially to start a conversation with other people that care about the same topic that you're writing about. Mm, yeah, definitely. And, and half the time, um, the best case scenario is, so for me, uh, like it would be someone like Brad Feld or, or Paul Graham or Fred Wilson, where I'd read something that they write and I go, man, that is so good. And, I, and I'll like kind of regurgitate it out and make it like tell the story of how that affected how I did one thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and those, those posts do, do, do pretty well. But really with the best case scenario is, is that you're, you're linking not only to, to people that inspire you and, and encourage you, but like, but what they're saying is actually changing the way that you're handling things in your business mm-hmm. in a good way. You know, uh, I like, I, I, that, Realizing who your influences are can be just a little bit of a safety net in, in, in general. Not a safety net, but it's sort of like a, a way to find yourself in some ways. All right, what else we got? Uh, Caleb, you're up next. Huh? I would piggyback off of that one with mine, which is grow your network by helping people, not by using them. So, your network is your net worth. Exactly. <laughs> and, and grow it by helping people out, by sharing their stuff, by mentioning them like you just said, Corbett. And when they have questions, help them, but don't ask for anything back. Mm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll piggyback on that with uh, my number nine, which is friendships, because I didn't feel comfortable saying networking. Um, and because in my history, it hasn't really been a lot of networking. You could easily call it that. But, but uh, it's been making friends with other bloggers. You know, making friends with other bloggers has meant the world to me because not only was it my source of clients when I was doing web design, but uh, but these are people who have the same cares and and desires in a lot of situations as I do. These are people doing the same kind of work. These are people who don't think I'm crazy for the kinds of things that I want to do for a living. They don't think that I'm I'm never going to be able to do that or that you know all, all of that stuff. Yeah, and so, I, th- I think that's I mean really that's at the core of what we try to offer within Fizzle is just this this universe that you can plug into where you're not crazy, you know? Yeah. And um, some people are good at creating that for themselves, like you are, but a lot of people aren't, you know? A lot of people are shy, they don't know where to look, and yeah. joining a community can help with that or or trying to form a mastermind group. Um, but I completely agree, like making friends with other bloggers. I mean, most of my closest friends now are other bloggers or other people that are in this, whatever air quotes, industry we're in. Yeah, yeah, it's a big, it's a big deal. When you, when you start, when you go to the conference, so I mean, for that, the takeaway or the, the way, how do you do that? You go to conferences. I mean, social media is a good, is a good start. Uh, and conferences is a good start as well. Wherever the people are, like go there and meet them and, 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 and be a little bit brave because it's totally gut wrenching to try to do that. And you feel awkward and you go back to your hotel room early because you don't have any friends and the whole nine yards, like, like uh, probably every one of us has done. Um, and but then after after you do a couple of these, you start to see familiar faces, and you start to make friendships, and you start to reach out online and and kind of grow those relationships. It ends up being for me, it's been a really big deal just to be able to like have people to to tell jokes with about the silly things that we do for a living, but also for in like serious capacities as well, in professional capacities. But mainly, it's just uh, it's just it's those friendships that, that end up mattering so much, you know. So networking, for lack of a better term. It has, is definitely a big one. To to I, did that show up on any of your guys' lists? Besides, I guess we were all piggybacking on on them. Um, no, I mean no. it's the, these are all great. You know, the problem is you limited us to ten, Chase. Yeah, and there's just so many important ones. 
Oh, God. Uh, so many important ones. This is going to be a good um, list. Is this going to be It's going to be a several, monster list. I feel like this is going to be lists. a downloadable... I'm gonna break. Yeah, I'm gonna break them up and. Uh, oh yeah, maybe actually, honestly, it would be really cool to do like a book layout for this. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll be able to do that. That'd be that'd be really fun. Find some and quotes. call it like the ultimate something or other. The, yeah, the old. How about the ninety five tips to sound something and hack your audience? The, the ultimate guy is gonna the ultimate the ultimate guy. <laughs> In parentheses, Rock- I tried number thirty seven and it really worked. <laughs> Brought to you by Monster Energy Drinks. Um, uh, okay, uh, who's up next? Uh, Corbett oh, I'll go. Yeah, Corbett. I'll yeah. go. You guys cool with that? Yep. Hey, I got to mention, now that it's my turn to talk here, um, I got this new sweater yesterday. No, Tuesday. I, 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 you've been talking kind of differently. You got a different sweater, huh? I got this new sweater, and I'm really excited about it. It's wool. You are pumped about the sweater. I love wool. It's a little hot today here. It's kind of mm. humid in San Francisco, so it's a little warm for my sweater. But I can just tell sweater. it's going to be my favorite sweater already. You guys are probably going to get sick of it. You're going to see it what so do much. You, what do you, what's it like? What's it like? It's just like? like a like a regular, it's, it's got, like, it's not like a, it's got a little notch, like, not a round collar, a little notch. It's not a V-neck, but it's got a little notch in it. It's um not a not a button-up or a zip-up or anything. It's just a straight pullover. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's wool, and it's knit, and it's blue, but it's got a little bit of, um, I don't know, a little white flex in it. And Whew. it's just uh, sweaters are just nice because they they look a little classy, but they're the easiest thing in the world. It's like a t-shirt, you know. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for the weather to start to get a little chilly here. Up Sweater weather's nice up there. I have so many great sweaters, you guys. I can't wait to bring them out. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Okay, you're up. All right, uh, sweater guy. My next one is to study headlines and to obsess about them and to believe that they can be powerful until you see the power for yourself. I, I think that it's it's really easy. In fact, we just published something um, from Leo Babauta, some of his biggest headlining tips, he, headline tips in a video um, from a course that's within Fizzle. And I think it's really easy to kind of gloss over that and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, headlines. I hear, you know, I've heard that a million times, headlines, headlines, whatever. But until you see the power for yourself about how a great headline can turn a, a good post into something that goes really huge. Like, and, and, and I don't necessarily mean that you have to follow some formula. It has to be 10 tips for blah, blah, blah. Um, the ultimate guide or whatever that we were talking about before. I think yeah. headlines can go in all kinds of different directions and you need to find the kind of headline that works for yourself. So don't just use a gimmick because it will make your thing more popular. But I'm telling you, I've seen this time and time again that a really great headline can make a mediocre post blow up even though it shouldn't and a headline can make the best post in the world just get buried and forgotten about yeah so you have to pay attention to headlines because they are probably 50 percent or more of the popularity of your post comes from the headline now if you bait and switch too often you write a really great headline with a really post then people are going to kind of um forget about you they're not going to believe you you cried wolf too many times yeah the opposite can be true as well if you write really great stuff with crappy headlines over and over again enough you might still build a following because people start to get to know how valuable your stuff is but i think you should hedge your bets in both directions write great content the best you possibly can but spend a lot of time on the headline because it can make a huge difference um and and you find examples of this all the time. I think one uh, good one that comes to mind is Justin Jackson's. Remember his post about words? Wasn't that just yeah. the title of that thing? It was just words? Yeah, just words. And and so it's not like he wrote, you know, 10 reasons why 
uh, design is overrated, you know, or something like that, which may have done fine. But he found the right headline for that particular post. It was simple and it matched the simplicity of the idea. And that yeah. worked really well. And um, so look at your favorite bloggers and study headlines and obsess about them and ask yourself, what is it about this post that made it really popular? And what part, what role did the headline play in that? And how can I deconstruct that headline and use parts of the the mojo that that headline has going on for itself for my own work? Yeah, and it's this weird, another one of these balance points where you can have all the artistic credibility in the world and make something really, really great. And have and be so uncomfortable with the marketing of that thing uh, because your artistic sensibility is so pure and so uh, uh, whatever it is artistic, I guess that that nobody ends up seeing your great work. Like you could have the the idea for the cure for cancer, but because you didn't want to do uh, a headline that people can actually understand and take in, they can you could people can miss it. Right? Is a is a real blown up crazy example. But the truth is we. Our brains are, we, we have a lizard brain. There's a way to communicate to it. Take advantage of that so that you make sense. You're clear. You have clarity on the other side when the way they, when, oh, I bet I have an idea about what that's going to be about. And it's also something I'm interested in. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel like the, the people that are in danger of overlooking the value of a headline are, uh, artists and creative types. Like you said, people that feel like the integrity of their idea is, you know, is what matters and that the headline or the design or whatever shouldn't matter as much. Yeah. Um, but academics and intellectuals are also at risk of this as well. Um, and I've seen this over and over again, people with really great ideas, what seems like a great idea for a startup, but they just don't know how to package it into something that people can digest. You really have to, the headline's job is to like, you know, tease people and, and, you know, give them a reason to read on, but also to encapsulate the most powerful parts of your argument into just a handful of words. And it's a really tough exercise. And I think a lot of people write it off because it is so difficult and because you can spend hours crafting a really great headline. And a lot of people just are like sour grapes, like, nah, it's not worth my time or something. Well, that's me. I mean, I, I hate it. I hate it because it's, it, it's nowhere is my anxiety around the things that I make more like just enraged it's like this flaming it's like this horrible inflamed part uh, uh like like a hemorrhoid or something that just it, it, i can't process uh all of this stuff because i've written a thing that i think is good it's good enough to share and now i'm trying to write a headline that doesn't sound douchey but does get clicked yeah you know and it's it, like it, it's my ultimate nightmare and you you land on some really great stuff once in a while and I, and I can feel it. I feel like sometimes you're kind of like, uh, I couldn't come up with something. So whatever, this is what it is. Yeah. And, and it does take a long time. And a lot of times, even though, you know, one of us reads the blog post or the podcast notes or whatever, we're like, okay, sounds good. You know, we just, we don't have time to yeah. obsess about the headline in that case. But sometimes you land on incredible stuff like the, um, as I write this depression, anxiety and entrepreneurship, that was a great headline. And mm. I think it really helped that post. Um, that other one that you mentioned in the last show or two shows ago, about um it was a repost that we wrote that we published from somebody i think it was called what was it this oh not, yeah this is not there is no that. there is no that that was a good headline yeah. as well that really worked well for that yeah i find that for me like kind of with justin and his, justin jackson who wrote words and i'll and I'll put words in in the show notes if you haven't read it it's a real simple quick beautiful um i don't know just a little article about design and and writing uh 
I feel like I'm more like him in that I would just try to go for, like, what I end up doing is going for just super simple. A lot of our posts that do really well, like, and email subject lines as well, that end up getting clicked more or the, the, uh, that get opened more, they're, they end up being really simple. Mm-hmm. One to two word things. And for some reason, my head, my, like, in my brain, I've really latched onto that because I really like one to two, two word headlines because it, it's fun. It's poetry. It's, uh, it's, I don't know. It, 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 it doesn't feel douchey to me. And it also seems to perform pretty well. So I always end up kind of just heading that sort of simplistic route, mm-hmm. um, at the, at the cost of sometimes being a little too obscure, I think. But yeah, but I, I think, it, I think that strategy can work, but it probably takes a little bit more effort, a little more creativity and poetry than using a formulaic, uh, you know, headline that yeah. starts with a number and, you know, has like some, some kicker in it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're never going to believe number 17. Exactly. <laughs> okay, let's let's get on to the next one. Uh, what did Caleb, you're up next? Yeah, so I would say that when you're first starting out, there are some quick ways to make some money, but it's not really money that's going to like amount to anything. So I'm thinking random people that email you and say, hey, will you put this link on your site for $50? Or mm-hmm. you can start running ads or whatever. And while it might be nice to be like, yeah, I earn money from my site or from my blog... You just have to think about the trust that you're losing from people. Yeah. And like the distraction that you're now creating for your audience when you have ads on your site. And I, I like feel bad for people that have to have a ton of ads on their site to earn a living. Um, or at least maybe I hope that it's only a small percentage and they mm. like to do that. But I think that you need to say no to a lot of the easy ways that you can make money at the beginning to yeah. not ruin the trust that you can have with your audience. Yeah, I think uh, you're you're bang on. There's a, there's ways that you can kind of whore out your audience early on, and they and they feel like because there's this really sacred connection between uh, me as the writer and then the audience of people. And when they sense, when they get like this inkling, this breath, uh, uh, this like wind blows, to like maybe. Maybe he's interested in something else. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it, that where it's just like, it, it just breaks, it breaks that whole communication. Totally. Down. And honestly, I think you have, um, you haven't earned the right to whore out your audience yet. When you're, yeah. when you're, when you've been blogging for years and you're really popular and you've proven over and over again why what you say matters, then people give you a whole lot more slack. And it, you know, you can run ads and you can say, Hey, I need to run ads because I have to feed my kid gluten free crackers. And people will be like, Hey, good for you, Chase. You know, they'll actually yeah. support you. But when you're yeah. just starting out, people are like, Hey, look, you know, it's like asking, it's like, you know, pursuing a little too much on a first date. You know, it's like, Hey, I, I haven't gotten to know you yet. I don't know if you're even trustworthy. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And to that point, I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback on that one with, uh, um, my, this one is, is, I'm skipping a little bit in mind, but this one's time. Uh, so it's gonna it's gonna take time, and I hope you get enough small bits of traction to keep you pushing through the sort of the ups and the downs and the emotions for the several years necessary. This goes back to the very first one in the last episode, Caleb's on consistency, right? But the, I always bring up this quote from uh, Brad Feld, where he doesn't he says essentially. Uh, the hardest thing for a 22-year-old entrepreneur to do is to look at the next 22 years and plan well, you know, because you've only been alive for 22 years. Mm-hmm. So how can you make sense of the next 22? Um, but he has this other line about you have to be, a, as an entrepreneur, you have to look at this in, as, a long, uh, as a long view of many short cycles. And I just really like that because it helped me understand 
looking at, for example, the next two years, if I'm just starting a blog right now, looking at the next two years as just like, this is, this is table stakes. This is just, I have to do this. It's the cost of doing business. I'm not going to make any money. I'm going to get really good. I'm going to take this very seriously and professionally. I'm going to try to understand what resonates with my audience and to discover what audience I want to have. I'm going to try to tell the truth and I'm going to try to be, uh, res- like trustworthy and honest because I want this relationship with my audience to last for the next 25 years. Right. Um, and I just heard at a conference, John Gruber of Daring's Fireball, like one of these, original blogs like there was a the blog was invented and there was like five blogs that were out there and then he was like number six or something like that um and he didn't know how to do uh money for a really long time it was it was several years before he figured out a way to to do this with money well and so uh so i'm gonna piggyback on my own again because the next one is money so the first one that i'm saying is time it's going to take time. Money being, uh, there's this, there's this in our in our uh, defining your audience uh, booklet. There's this this free guide that we have on on like looking at your audience, trying to get inside their head. A bunch there's a bunch of worksheets, and one of them I got a question from an article Seth Godin had written, and he said, "Think about your customer. How does this person think about money?" And he asked a few other questions, but that's the one that really stuck with me. Um, how does this person think about money? And because chances are, if you if you get into that, you you got to ask yourself that question. How do you think about money? And then the specifics of what money do you need? Right? Like we in Fizzle, we're throwing around this idea of, of like of, of a freedom number. You know, this, this, we've been uh, doing a survey with the Fizzlers about like, what is the number that you need to get to, to be on your own, to do this thing that you're building out of, out of, you know, passion and, and, and chutzpah. What is the number that you need to be able to do that for a living and to grow that as, as your full-time gig? Um, and knowing what that number is and then s- spreading that out over time. Because if you look at money over a 10-year stretch, if it takes you four years of building something, and, and th- but then you've built something that will make consistent money for the next six years, that's worth it. That's going to be worth it. That's an investment versus you're wasting your time building this thing. You're yada, 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 right? And early on for me, Caleb, kind of to your point, I put way too much undue pressure on myself to make money. And I ended up sabotaging pieces of my relationship with my audience. And I've seen other people do that. And it's, it's not, uh, don't ever do that. Don't ever do that because what you just did is you took your 10 year thing and you just shortened it to, to, to whatever, however far you are in right now. You know, that your 10 year, 20 year relationship with your audience, that's what you monetize. You don't monetize a blog or a podcast or anything. You monetize your relationship with your audience. How honest, how valuable, how useful you are to them and how much they relate to you and love you. And so I feel like that is a really important one that I kind of wanted to piggyback those two on. Because uh, they felt they felt the same, they felt like they're they're operating in the same frequencies. There, can I operate on a much more simplistic frequency for a minute? Yeah, like you do. Am I am I up next, Caleb? Yep. Okay. Um, I'm just going to take it back down to practical tips here. <laughs> so, one of the hardest things about writing is consistency, as we opened with, and one of the biggest impediments to consistency is just having enough ideas of things to write about. And you sit down in front of your laptop and there's a blank page there and maybe you start into an idea and it's just not going anywhere and you waste an hour and 
you're racking your brain about what to write about. The best way to combat that, well, there's two two parts to this. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll roll two into one if that's okay. So the first is to keep an ideas journal. And this is literally just uh, a long one-page document with bullet points about things that you can write about in the future and um, maybe a couple of notes about what that idea means. You know, I usually write a quasi-headline and then uh, just a couple of notes about what that headline means and mm-hmm. where I might take it with the post. A lot of times when you when you have that idea, let's say you're out for a run or something. I was out for a jog last week, and I had like six ideas for blog posts and uh, came back and just quit, quickly wrote them all down. But while you're on the jog or whatever or in the car or somewhere that you can't really write this stuff down, a lot of times you can conceive of most of the entire post or at least of the important parts of that post, um, and then you come back and write a bunch of notes, and then it becomes really easy when you need to write something, you just sit down, look in your ideas journal if you don't have something hot to write about, and um, find something. And usually there's going to be something good in there. So that's been really good for me. The second piece of that, though, is that ideas don't come out of thin air. Um, and for me, a lot of ideas come from reading. And uh, this was one of the reasons that I uh, picked up a bunch of books recently, is that I realized um, I just hadn't had a lot of interesting ideas and things that felt original to me because I hadn't been reading a lot. And I've been reading blogs, but blogs oftentimes don't go deep enough into ideas. And so I think, you know, as a blogger, I think Caleb or Barrett mentioned this earlier, um, you're probably not going to know everything there is to know about a topic, and you're not going to learn it from reading other 800-word blog posts about something. You need to read the more original, academic, you know, in-depth um, writing that comes from books that is based on a lot of scientific studies and other things that are really interesting about whatever psychology or business or whatever it might be. And that's where some original or more original rich information comes from. And you'll see this with blogs that are very amateurish. You can tell that what they're doing is basically reading other blogs and paraphrasing what they learn from other blogs. Mm-hmm. And then you read the blogs that are really good and in depth and seem to have some um, you know, major impact on you, and you can tell that those people are reading the books and reading the scientific studies and reading the things that were the originators of the information. So make sure that you read a lot and not necessarily just other blogs. Oh, I like that. And uh, on the point of the ideas journal, I mean, that, that can't be overstated. And I, I don't call it an ideas journal. I have like just a, um, so there's an app on the iPhone. I think they might have one on Android as well called Drafts, mm-hmm. plural. And I just live in that thing because the first you just you open it up and you're immediately typing. Okay, so and then from there you can send it anywhere. So I can send it directly to Evernote from there, which is what I do, or send myself an email if there's some other things to do from that. But like so, I in Evernote I have a a handful of tags that I've created that aren't that aren't a tag in Evernote. They're just the the title of the note. So QFZ is anything for fizzle. QFZ QSP. Is anything for fizzle? That's that's a sparkline post. So QSP for sparkline. Um, a lot of things like that, where I just add a Q onto the first two uh, whatever uh, letters of the thing. So that means I can just do a quick search and find everything for it. I don't have to mess with Evernote's ridiculous tag system, which is great if you have if you're going to click and do all the things and you really need uh, uh, you know to, to scaffolding like that. But for me to be able to get in quick, go go QSP and then just start writing, knowing that I'm going to find this when I need it next. 
that's a really big deal. So, and James Altucher has this bit, these bits about about just keep, like he just has pads of paper around. Is the, the adage that he tells us there's pads of paper all around his house, and anytime he has an idea, he just writes it down uh, because it's just so important to keep that idea muscle going. And um, and it, it makes sense. And if you ha- if you give yourself some time to develop idea, if you had a month to write an article and you could just kind of go on a jog and do your day job and do these things, and you get to take notes through that month, that last week you're gonna have so much stuff to write about. You know, it's really it, it, compared to like sitting down and just looking in front of the page right now. I don't think the stuff happens there. Yep, very often. Yep, and there's that um, that quote. I think it's John Lecar. He says, "A desk is a dangerous place from which to view the world." Ooh, look at that! Look at that! All right, Caleb, what's next? Oh, I guess you you started that one, then I went. So uh, wait, no, I went, what? and then you went. I believe no, I went, no. and then you piggybacked on it. So that means well, Caleb is up now. Yeah. Oh, okay. But there was a little bit of a, uh, wasn't there? I don't think Caleb's gotten two words in the past 15 minutes. It hasn't been there. there, there was, someone squandered a launch somewhere. You heard that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just trying to keep it, keep, keep it into the squander launching. Um, okay. Yeah. The, let's get, let's hear for some, some CW. So my next one is for list growth. The best thing to do other than say, get updates or something like that is to actually offer something. So Give something away, whether that's a PDF, an email series, a video, whatever. There's lots of times we've talked about that in the past, but whenever you can offer something for people to actually get instead of just, you know, signing up to hear more. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. always in my experience and in all my friends' experience been like a game changer, like a hockey stick change for the graph of okay now i'm actually getting subscribers mm-hmm. and the thing yeah. has to be valuable and all the other things that we always talk about but that's something that i hesitate on doing for a long time mm-hmm. i like that yep yeah uh, and it's it's hard to do for me honestly i it's been really difficult it's still hard for me to process giving something away because it does feel so like why didn't you just put the pdf on there like i'm a person of the internet and none of the people that that I find that I admire do that, but every person who has a business based on their blog does it, right? So it's this weird conundrum that I have, this gluten-free cracker fighting against this, uh, I don't know, some sort of cultural reality that I live in as well. And so that's where, I guess, the, the point ends up being, whatever it is, offer so much to your audience. Like, show, prove to them that you are... That, that you are here for them, that, that, they're, that this is valuable, that you're going above and beyond and giving to them, creating things that are worthwhile to them. You know, so I, I guess I, you see, you land on so many sites with some st- stupid damn freebie thing. You know what I mean? That's just so clearly just farted out. And you know, it's going to give you like, it's going to be like some sh- blog posts or something. You know what I mean? Uh, and, I just I struggle with that as as a as a thing for like how do we do this and fizzle and we have guides that I I charge you an email address for you know we have the defining your audience guide we have we have one thing that makes a ton of sense is our thirty day challenge thing where you can essentially whatever you want to do launch a blog launch a product launch a whatever in thirty days it's an email based thing which is awesome because there's a perfect excuse to say we need your email because every couple of days we send you this thing. In the email, and it's and I love that that the excuse for the email is built into that thing, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas I could just make a link to the freaking guide available, but I I like but if you want this thing, it's value for value. Let us let us tell you when we write a new post. We'll send you one email a week. It's fine, you know. I, I just kind of I still figure I still feel like there's this little like hair in the back of my throat on that. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I got, there's got to be a, be a better way, and I don't, I don't really know what it is. Well, and uh, I mean, I agree with Caleb that um, for most people that we know, it is a night and day difference between huge difference between yeah. having something that you give away versus just saying sign up for my newsletter. But that doesn't mean there aren't people with impressive newsletters or impressive email lists, whatever you want to call it, that don't have giveaways. Um, yeah. The guy that I mentioned before, Farnham Street, uh, Shane Parrish, he has a massive following and he does not have a giveaway on his site. It's just so useful. Um, same with yeah. brain pickings. Maria Popova has an incredible list yeah, and does so not useful. have a giveaway. Leo Babauta from Zen Habits has an incredible. So I think you have to ask yourself why, you know, um, is there another way to do it? And can I be interesting enough to grow this list without it? And are there ways to grow a list as fast without having a giveaway? And I, I don't know if, you know, if all of those people that I just mentioned, if they had had a giveaway, would they have grown their email list faster? I don't know the answer to that. Would it have damaged the, the value that you perceive, um, in their writing or the interestingness that you perceive in their writing? Yeah. I don't know exactly don't know. what the yeah. answer is. I met, uh, Dave Pell at a conference recently. He's a guy that does next, the next draft, uh, uh, email. So it's like the, it's massive email list. This is next draft. And, uh, and there's no website. It's just the email that you get, right? So you just land on the page and it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You met that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and and a lot of these people are, their stuff is so interesting that they've been covered in the New York times and places like that. And, and that's part of the reason why they have a massive list. And obviously for him, you go to his site, nextdraft.com and it's just a landing page for his email list. So there's no Mm -hmm. other way to do it. So that makes sense. But then you go and look at something like um, FarnhamStreetBlog.com, and he just has this like cheesy little um, email address and subscribe button in his sidebar, and he has forty five thousand yeah. people subscribed to this thing, and there's no giveaway, yeah. and it's not a landing page. You said something in there that that like is really when, you, when you're talking about uh, brain pickings, you're like it's just so useful, <laughs> you know. And and I guess that's what I still I dream of making that. Mm-hmm. You know, I dream of making that and and providing that in that matter of fact way. Like, hey, if you want the emails, here you go, and and people just want the emails mm. um, because the content, the things that you're talking about, the things that you find are so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love the idea of that. I wish it wasn't, and, and it's but the challenge it's just really really difficult. It's extremely hard to do uh, that for a living. You know, be interesting for a living. But that's where it's like if you. Talk about hemorrhoids, and you've got the cure, and the this, that, and the other, and it, 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 like, and people need the help. You make something for someone's bee hole, and all, and next thing you know, people are like, "This is super useful," and you've got an excuse to give them the the book thing. Yep, you know. Yep, absolutely. Um, to that to that point, uh, I'll I'll piggyback on that because my number ten was is, is sequence uh, in in the design course. I have this, uh, in, in Fizzle, there's this course on the, the essentials of web design for business builders. So it's for people who aren't designers, who just want to have a great looking site. What are the things that I need on it? How do they, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and there's one that I couldn't, I couldn't stop myself from doing. It's essentially 25 minutes of me talking and saying, listen, if I was starting a blog all over from scratch, here's exactly what I would do. And I kind of summarize that here as sequence. Um, the sequence of events that you sort of do things in, but more importantly, the sequence of your expectations about what should happen. 
You know, because like just because you made a blog and you had a PDF and you put it in the sidebar, don't expect people to just sign up and, and or like that you're going to just all of a sudden be excited. Do what we've talked about already, which is getting into who the audience is. What do they struggle with? What do you have to say on that color? Like, so you have this problem that you've been working on. You work with your audience to, to, disguise, to, to figure out what they actually struggle with in that around that very specific problem, what we would call a niche. You know, and then, then like really put together like an eight part series on that biggest struggle and blog each, each one as it comes out, getting comments and trying to improve it over time. And then, and that those, those changes are put into play on the, the, each part of the eight part series. And then guess what? Now you've got an eight part series that you get to turn into the book and offer that for free via email, like Caleb's talking about. And, and then you could also put that book up on Amazon for free and maybe people will find it over there and you'll update it as often as necessary. And, in six years, that is like the number one, you made it the most valuable, useful tool for people who suffer with ADHD but don't want to take a drug and do need to figure out the diet things that can help them because it's not that much work. And also there's a tea. Number seven is going to blow your mind. There's a what? Right? <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a some tea. tea. There's some tea. Of course that there's a tea. You. That's the headline I just wrote in my head right oh, now. Oh, that's a good one. But like that, that sequence, you know, and I get much more in depth in the video uh, makes a lot of sense. But instead, we just come at these things so roughshod. Haphazard. <laughs> you know, just like, I'm here to try a blog. Okay. Uh, what did I do first? What did I do? Ah! Uh, oh, email. Email is important. Gotta do email. Okay. What did you design? Oh, I'm gonna get a blog. Oh, I need a, I need a logo. What are you gonna do for the logo? Ah, oh, What are you gonna do for the logo? Let's get a good, oh man, designers are so expensive. Oh God, what am I, you know, and we just kind of craziness rather than just focus on the people make something valuable, do real work to create something that they can't find somewhere else and then offer that to them, mm-hmm. you know? And I just, I love the simplicity of that. So that, that, that was my number 10. I still have more to, more that we haven't covered, but like that being like the thing that ties all the, all the stuff together for me. And it just reminded me of this, of like what sequence we kind of do all of these yeah. things. And a lot of times they all happen at the same time. The rug really you ties know? the room together, man. <laughs> that rug man i love that rug man um okay so that started with caleb went me Hi, i'm a i'm sorry guys i'm such a piggybacker you're so piggybacky i'm a big time all right my next one is simple it is to schedule your writing time and um this comes from something i've been thinking about a lot i think i mentioned to you guys that i've really changed my whole calendar around so that basically Every day is blocked off for certain activities because mm-hmm. I read a post um, from James Clear, a friend of ours, about how important it is to specify when and where you're going to get something done. So if you just say, I'm going to do this thing, there's a certain chance that you'll get it done. But if you say where and when you're going to do that thing, then the chances are like two and a half X according to um, this study that James has, and we can link to it in the post here. But um, I've taken that to heart for everything that I do throughout the day, um, including writing, working out, um, eating lunch, answering support emails, uh, certain big tasks that I have to do, and just general time for other little tasks that I need to do. And so far for the past couple of weeks, I've felt far more productive because I've really said where and when I'm going to get these things done. And for blogging, this is um, this is important because I've operated really close to the metal on occasion with blogging where, oh, I need to write something. So here I go, I'm going to write it and hit publish at the end of it. 
Sometimes that can be gratifying, but also sometimes it can be a real creative block. I think when you feel the pressure of, I have to write this thing to get it out today, it's much better if you schedule writing time and you just write stuff and you have it sort of there 90% of the way done. And when it's time to publish a blog post, it's really a matter of editing what you already wrote, formatting it and, um, and sending it out from there. So that just seems to be a lot better to me. And um, if you schedule your writing time, it's much more likely you're actually going to get it done. Yeah, no, that's a good one. We we've all we we kind of all sort of did that, uh, and then I kind of, I guess it's so. What you did specifically was you said this time to this time is just stuff for writing. Yep. Or for publishable stuff, and you basically did it in the morning from like ten to noon or something like. Yeah, that. Yeah, and this and this has gotten to be more specific than that. Um, I I tried that and it was too vague for me because I, I yeah. said you know from nine to eleven or nine to noon or whatever I'm not going to do meetings and I'm just going to work on things that are publishable and that was a little bit vague so now specifically from nine to eleven I'm writing and that's all I'm doing is writing and it's for blog posts mostly um, sometimes it could be for a script or something or an ebook or something that's going to go live but also yeah. regardless of if it gets published for me writing is just this creative juice it's like one of the few creative things that i do and it helps me to consolidate my thoughts and to um really just feel good about where i am from day to day or week to week in life yeah regardless of if i'm publishing it um to the world yeah and yeah, one, I think that's, one that's little good. hack that i've started recently in the past month or so was doing 15 minutes of journaling before i have to write something mm. because it's super daunting for me to have that blinking cursor on a yep. blank page but what I've started using is this app called Day One, and it's on iPhone, iPad, and Mac. Syncs through my Dropbox, and what I do is I have this same 15-minute playlist of songs from the social network that play, and it's like <laughs> What is that? And I just start writing. Wow. And so I journal for those 15 minutes, and then when that playlist <laughs> ends, it shifts to a different kind of music, and then, then I and then write something that's published. Really? Yeah. I how's love it, the idea of looking at good it goes uh, it goes yeah. great and like every morning i do it i feel good and every morning so it's kind of like foreplay foreplay for your writing yeah it is it's, it's, you're just what you're doing is you're not squandering your launch yeah it's like you're it's like you're giving the page a massage before you start writing on it i like it i like the idea of like us looking like one day we like sneak into caleb's room and like look at his journal his diary in day one and all we see is like blue blue blah blah blee blah blee glah, totally. glah, glah, glah. Yeah, <laughs> just, if, just gibberish <laughs> Love it. And a bunch of text expander, expander snippets and stuff. <laughs> it's just like, I find that it really helps me to get started this way. Yeah, it's just like QWERTY across the top of the keyboard. I'm just like, every button No, but that's actually like literally a a tactic for like starting writing is you just start moving your hand. Like if you're writing like freehand, you just start like jiggling around your hand, like scribbling like you were like you were writing something and just do that for a little while and then just start with a word and it's like, well, I didn't really know what I was going to write, so I just started scribbling and now I'm talking to the paper, so let's see where this goes. Speaking of going, my dad left me when I was three yeah, exactly. and I'm still sort of yeah. processing that, <laughs> you know? It's a great little, uh, it's a, like that, uh, Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird is an awesome book for anybody looking to write uh, and the running joke on here is that I recommend that book all the time and still haven't finished reading it. <laughs> That's true of every book you recommend. That's every book, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. just said you're like, in the middle of 25, so. I just like having books, so I don't really like who has the time to read, but I think they're books that should be had. <laughs> I think there should be an app that you make that live updates 
all your progress in all your books. And so you can like see little graphs and charts of like how far you yeah, are. Yeah, some and- people actually do that with Goodreader. They're like, oh, no, I'm at page 75. And I'm like, well, now I'm not updating an app about where I am in my book. Uh, not to, I mean, that's fine. A lot of people do that. I guess it's fine. Backpedaling, backpedaling, bunch of bookish people holding out their mechanical pencils like knives backpedaling um okay so we have a very short amount of time left and i still i have i have uh three left what uh how many how do you is have that possible i'm tapped out mine i'm done you're you're tapped All out nine okay. of mine are gone caleb what do you got my 10 okay wait, wait, let's let, let how about you go your two and then i'll go i'll go my three and we'll, we'll close it out okay my first one is launch a low-priced product early so I think everyone puts a lot of pressure in oh, yeah. their first product needs to be successful. And if it isn't, then they're a failure. And I think the sooner you can start charging for something, even if it's a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever, then you get over that fear a little quicker and then you can move on to the next thing. Yeah, that is uh that's a, actually a really great point. I didn't even have that close to anywhere on my list, but as soon as you wrote that, I was like, Oh, that's a good one. That's a that's a really good one. I mean, that PDF that you give away for free, charge a dollar, use Gumroad, and, or four dollars, something that makes it feel trusty, and then and you can sort of like learn what it's like to launch a product. I think breaking that seal, like we've said so many so often in the early episodes, is critical because once you put something out there, you go like, oh, I get it now, yeah. you know? Okay, cool. What's your next one? And then the next one is either heavily study or try to work for someone that's actually earning a living off of doing stuff online. So Hmm. instead of tracking people that are maybe at your same level or a little bit beyond you and seeing what they're doing and start copying them or doing things that they're doing, like look and see what someone that's actually running a business that earns their living from it, see what they do day in, day out, study them, listen to a bunch of interviews with them. And if you can, like try to work with one of them. And then you'll get to actually understand what it's like to be where they're at, you know, years down the road from where you are. That's good. Yeah. And that's I think that's the danger of um of focusing just on your mastermind group. Right. Is that you right. get caught up in like just what peers are doing, which is fine. But you can make a lot of shortcuts if you know what the uh the people who have already been there done that are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which is what you did, Caleb. You started working for for Corbett early on, and now you've got all of the secrets uh, and the insider tips, and and like a thief in the night, taking it on the road, revved up like a deuce, revved up like a deuce, just just another roamer in the night. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was like wrapped up like a deuce. Random stuff like that all the time. (laughs) Revved up like a deuce. Like random quotes of music and stuff. And Jen just looks at me and says, what are you talking about? (laughs) This is so great. I love that it's become a thing on the show where I step away from the mic and start singing. And we keep talking. And and then Corbett comes in. I go one half of a bar. And then then Corbett comes all the way in with me. God, it's great. It's freaking awesome. We have the best job. We have the best. I wish wish we made money doing this. This would be amazing. Incredible. Okay, so those are your two. Here, I'll run through mine super quick, uh, uh, and then and then we'll close it out. Uh, number four for me was audience. Uh, that just this whole concept that's come up a bunch, but just this idea of like you have to learn from your audience. It's built into that value thing. But uh, this the startup world calls this customer development, where uh, you allow your customers to actually develop you as the entrepreneur about their problem. 
Okay. When I started, I thought it was all about me, but it wasn't. It was, it's about them. And, uh, and there's a bunch more about that kind of stuff. How do you get inside your customer's head in that guide? I've mentioned a few times. You can go to, f- then we have a new uh, fancy little page on our website called the, called free guides. Uh, we have a hand, we have enough of these things that require like a, a page to like list them out. So you can just go to the, go to fizzle.co and, uh, and you'll see the free guides link there. Uh, and I'll, uh, I'll mention that, uh, I'll put that in the show notes, the, uh, the audience guidebook thingy. Yeah, you will. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, you will. Yeah, you are. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> I love Irish people. All right. Seven for me was niche, please. Um, get super specific. Don't blog about Star Wars. Blog about one character in Star Wars. Don't blog about copywriting. Blog about headlines only. Don't blog about anxiety. Blog about only career-related anxiety in men or for men or something like that. Get really specific. Nail that problem because you'll be able to expand from there. But they won't be able to find you if you're just about anxiety. But they will if you're the one who talk, who's been talking about just career-related anxiety in men for the last two years. They're going to be like, oh, well, we got to get Trisha on the show. She knows all about that stuff. Right. And you don't have to be an expert in that because if you focus hard enough, you can you you actually get to find a crew of people to pay attention to that. That is it's so valuable and it's counterintuitive and you're not going to want to do it. But hey, you just wanted to say niche, please. What do I know? Niche, please. Uh, number eight, email. Just take it seriously. I've always forget to bring up just the basics. And this is the first time I thought about it. Like, uh, by the way, FYI, uh, you can have a Twitter follower, uh, a Facebook friend. Or a person who's subscribed to your So email. you got an email subscriber, a Twitter follower, and a Facebook friend in a boat. So they, they're all in a boat. And, and on one side is a fox. And on the other side is a bag of beans, man. And how do you get the beans to the guys in the middle if there's water in between? So there's three followers in walk into a bar. <laughs> Yeah, three followers walk into a bar. One says, oh, I like this guy on Facebook. Another guy says, like, tweet, tweet. <laughs> Another guy says, oh, it comes straight to my email inbox. It's much, it's very actionable. So I like actionable. it. I don't just scroll through it. Uh, so anyways, take email seriously. And really, it is honestly, it's a sacred relationship. So sacred. Value for value, value, honor for honor. Offer something wonderful. Uh, helpful and useful and human to your people because it's because it's wonderful uh stuff i have actually uh, i have a bonus here number 11 uh right for one single person uh I've, i get into that in the defining your audience guide as well but everything started to change for me when instead of like trying to be like a good writer i just said oh there's my friend willie i'll pretend like i'm writing to him because he he's a part of my ilk and i can write to him and try to be clear to him instead of trying to like picture all of these masses of people that i'm trying to impress or something like that so that's a, I mean we you guys covered a lot of ground. Are you are you okay? I'm a little bit lightheaded. <sighs> Me too. I'm kind of um, woozy like we gave blood or something. Yeah, I feel a little bit like uh like our our own our own child is out there walking in the world now in the form of 40 <laughs> freaking posts and points about like uh about doing uh, blog stuff. This is going to be the best uh, giveaway ever you guys. <laughs> Gosh, uh, yeah, totally. That's the irony is that we're totally going to turn this into like, get our free booklet now. Um, <laughs> I totally know we will too, <laughs> but it'll be good. I'll make it a sacred, valuable thing. I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Value Bar, and I've been Caleb Lawrence Wadrick. <laughs> oh, I'll see you there, or I'll see oh, you, you guys, Caleb. You guys, oh. he he gave us some Lawrence, and he gave us the Lawrence. This is his last official. It is. It's Leb's last Lawrence. It's Leb's last official Lawrence. (laughs) 
We laud Lebs last Lawrence. Oh, uh, it's fitting to and go out with a little bit of irreverence, I think. Feeling a little bit lost and listless now that the last Lawrence has been out. LOL. You really lebbed that one. <laughs> We're going to miss you, buddy. Yeah. I'll Big be back. Time. All right. You will. Somehow. You certainly will. Let's have a, a. Is it Djibouti on three? One, two, three. Is it Djibouti? Oh. <laughs> I clapped. <laughs> that was perfect. Corbin claps because we use the clap to sing the audio. Caleb just says Transformers doing it. <laughs> I actually follow my own advice for once. Nice work. Oh, this is great. All right. Uh, let's do a clap real quick. One, two, three. Is it Djibouti? So there you have it. Fizzleshow.co slash 74. Wasn't that a good conversation? There's a lot of stuff here. Um, at that site, fizzleshow.co slash 74, you're going to find a handful of great stuff. Namely, the Fruit Gushers review video that I was talking about. If you haven't seen it, you have to. It's wonderful. Uh, and the kid grows up. There's more. He's still making, amazingly still making food reviews of like Cool Ranch Doritos and stuff <laughs> to this day. Also, uh, I totally anticipate putting these uh, top 40 things, tips, tricks, hacks, whatever you want to call them, into a downloadable book. So if you're not already, get on the email list. We'll send you a weekly piece of insight from our blog. Head to fizzleshow.co slash 74 and you'll be able to see there in the sidebar how to get on the email list. Um, uh, yeah, hope you join up. We, we work awful hard to, to, to send you great stuff every week. And we don't bug you. We don't, we don't sell your email to people. It's just a way for us to get in touch with you when you have something cool. Share. Seems like, sounds like a relationship, right? I mean, what is the deal with relationships these days? They are, so, they are so tough. Now that there's email, there's texting, there's all this other stuff, just get on the email list. It's fine. It's easy. I think you'll like it. I could talk about it for hours. Because I designed the emails. And, I, and I'm responsible for the things that go out into the thing. I'm proud of them. I think, frankly, they're like little children of mine, each of these blog posts and podcasts. You'd like them. And I like you. Here's an iTunes comment from Tyrakal122001. Jeez Louise, people. How are we doing our names like this? Like, how does this happen? Anyways, Tyrakal22001 in the United States says, Thanks to these guys... I've gotten the jump start I've been waiting for to take my online business to the next level. I can't get enough of Corbett, Chase, and Caleb, and that's really saying something coming from a lesbian. I don't know why you made it about race, Tyrakal122001, but I love it. Thank you for your, for your awesome comment. The Fizzle Show. Even lesbians like these guys. <laughs> that's a new tagline I'm working on. Let me know what you think. Listen, if you like this, please leave us, uh, leave us an honest rating in, in iTunes. You can just open up iTunes and you'll, you'll search for the show in the iTunes store. You can find it. Click write a review. And just tell us what you think. Leave us a little, little fart, fart on it. Do a, little, do a little goober thing. I don't know. Be yourself. Honestly, these little, uh, these little things help us. If you can, please do it. And if you can't, maybe just share an episode with a friend. To that end, we'd really love uh, for you to be a part of Fizzle.co, the community of entrepreneurs that won't let you quit. This is the thing we build. This is how we keep the lights on. As a listener of the show, we want you to we want to give you six weeks for free just to kick the tires, check it out, see if it fits. Simply go to fizzleshow.co slash try. That's fizzleshow.co slash try. Because unlike, I don't, I don't believe what Yoda says about the, there is no try, only do. 
or do not. I, we sometimes we just have to fizzle.co slash try. You know what I mean? Halloween's coming up. What are you going to be? I think I might dress up as Shrek. Find care. Take care. Serve hard. And dig in. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.